brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. I'm here with Sterling Holmes. Sterling, how you doing on this uh, Sunday evening? Uh, sore, man. I'm sore. I did yoga and got my ass kicked by 55-year-old ladies who are laughing at me. So that's <laughs> how it's going. But besides that, it's beautiful outside. It, the rain stopped. I got a chance to mow. So overall, I'm feeling pretty good. Man. How, like, like what does that look like? like I've never done yoga. What does a dude wear to yoga? I, this feels like... Really, like, it feel like a total bro asking this. Like, you yeah, might just wear shorts. But, sweats. You, know, is no, there, like, you don't wear shorts because I'm not trying to see. This is where a manscaped read would be good because you got to make sure it's clean down there. But, you know, you don't want to <laughs> wear shorts. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to catch, a, uh, like, a charge or something going in there. No, you got to wear, like, I wear a sweatpants, you know? Okay. Do you have, like, are there, like, male leggings you could wear for that kind of thing? I'm sure they make some. I'm not there. That's not my, um, not me, you know. Look, I just, dude, I'm 40. I, I'm Midwestern male. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm so far outside that whatever bullseye's going on. Yeah, 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 I am. I am too. And then I was like, this is a good workout. And I used it with, it's yoga with weights. And, oh. dude, it is... I think every single, like if Sammy Watkins did this, I feel like he'd get injured less. Like this is needs to be football 101 for oh. guys because I feel like it'd be good for their pliability. So I need to check out, is it is that hot yoga or it, is this just like yoga with weights? It's like 95 degrees in there too. So it's steamy. It's not like hot, hot, but it's like, okay, it's it's pretty dang steamy in here. Man, so hot yoga with weights. Do they have something that you just like merge all the things like hot yoga Pilates with weights with Billy with with Tybo Billy or whatever his name was Billy Idol like I Billy Idol would be pretty cool if they had like Billy Idol playing <laughs> with the Rebel Yell like that'd be pretty cool 
I would live to that. Like I could just picture my my biceps growing, curling to what would he? Yeah, like right. Money, money. Yeah, like I, <laughs> Billy Idol or Billy Squire. Who you got here? If you had Billy a Billy Idol all day, yeah, Billy, yeah, Billy Idol all day. I think it's the hair that does it because it would have been Billy Squire until he put out that one song that just ruined his career with that music video. Um, you know what I'm talking about, right? When he Sing. was like, no, 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 I can't I write don't. it. He was like the king of the world. And he put out that lame music video where he was like, looked like it was like for like teenage girls. And everyone's like, dude, Billy Squire, what happened to you? And he like, <laughs> yeah, it was a huge thing. How have you not heard? You're a music guy. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I just said yes based on Billy Idol. Anyway, I'm I'm pretty sure if you made a definitive ranking of all Billys, like Billy Jean, Michael Jackson's Billy Jean, Billy, don't you lose my number? Maybe that's another Billy I've never met. But I'm going Billy Idol up top there every time. Yeah, I don't know. What I other also Billys like Billy Squire a lot. Billy, um. We're missing the big Billy, Billy Joel. Like that's probably the biggest Billy. Yeah, I mean, Billy Idol would, would Billy beat Bob him Thornton. in a street fight. Billy Bob Thornton might win in a street fight. He seems Dude. like a psychopath. Yeah, man. I, I mean, he'd probably drink a vial of someone's blood and then go to work. Also, the song by Billy Squire that ruined his career was Rock Me Tonight. If you've not seen that music video, you're lucky. <laughs> Your eyes are, well, thank you for not watching it. But once you see it, you go, yeah, this is up there with like Breaking the Law by Judas Priest as one of the worst Ooh. music videos of all time. <laughs> okay, okay. By the way, let's come back around to this music of childhood before it's over. We got to get into Chiefs, though, because uh, people are sitting listening to us banter back and forth about a billion other things other than the Chiefs right now. That's a good one, folks, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk. Because today, as of tonight... Julio Jones is trying on Nashville clothes, as in uh, he's playing in the 615, folks. That's uh, the Tennessee Titans who traded a reported 2022 pick in the second round and a fourth round pick in 23 in exchange for Julio Jones and the Falcons sixth. So this is basically a second rounder next year, and then you swap down two rounds in the future. Sterling, are you thinking opportunity missed here for another team like the chiefs? Do you feel like there's a fair deal? So I think if you look at it from this perspective, would the chiefs give up a second and a fourth? You'd probably say sure, but they would have to beat basically a second and that fourth because their picks are behind. They're worse than the Titans. So from that aspect, are you saying a second and a third? Cause that may be, a little too much. I love Julio Jones. Um, I, I thought a second and a fifth would have been able to get it done. Obviously, that's that wasn't the asking price. So it went a little bit above. Maybe they got into a little bit of a bidding war. Maybe it's like the real estate market right now where it is hot, hot, hot. Seller's market. Uh, no, but, <laughs> you know, once we found out what it was and what the Chiefs probably would have had to give up, I'm okay with them standing pat. They didn't need Julio Jones. It would have been fun to have Julio Jones. Uh, they would have, I guess, strengthened the offense, which is their strongest aspect as is. It would have been fun. Mahomes would have broken all types of records. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs are still going to be 
favorites to make it to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. I think you're right when you say, you know, it's not necessary. These Chiefs are loaded. They've made two straight Super Bowls. The AFC runs through Kansas City, and they've got a remade line. So now we're going to see for the first time Patrick Mahomes and what he can do when he has time. That said, and we talked about this last time, we're still in search of the wide receiver, right? Chiefs went fishing. They took their tackle box, their 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 bait. I'm just I'm saying things here because I've never been fishing in my life. I don't <laughs> think, right? You take a hook, you take a, a fly. I think you wrap a fly in a in a string. No one uses what, flies. What what are you doing over here now? Fly fishing. That's what it's called. Oh, you don't know what you're talking fishing. about. I was talking regular fishing. Yeah, you do. I put a worm on a hook and a fly on a string. And something automatic that, that, that with batteries that moves in the water. Maybe I put another fish on a hook too. And who would have, all who would have thought Whatever. a guy with a man bun would not be a fisherman? Get out of here. Okay, here's what happened. <laughs> side, side story. First grade, another kid named Matt Hendricks, in fact. If you're listening, screw you. Oh. Matt Hendricks, for show and tell, brings a hook and his tackle box to class. He... He like does this casting thing with the hook. No lie, gets caught in my upper ear. I'm six years old. I've got a fish hook in my boop ear, and now like the school nurse has to come down get it out of my ear. I swear off fishing and anything related to fish hooks ever since. So you know what, Sterling, go ahead and make fun of my childhood trauma. That's all good. Show and tell was never the same after that, by the way. Thanks, two Matt two things. You should have left the hook in because that'd just be badass. And two, <laughs> you're just waiting to make like a story. Like you have to like save, get into a, like a thriller. Like if it's like a book, or, like a movie where it's like you have to save the world, and, but you have to all of a sudden fish to do it. And you have to like beat the thing that was mm. causing you your childhood trauma. Like I, I feel like this is the, the. That is a sweet backstory. Yeah. I like, guess the backstory to a book. Yeah. Yeah, I, I messed up there by taking that out. Okay, back to who I mean, it would have been the original body. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah. The, look, the Chiefs went fishing, right? They tried to get Juju Smith-Schuster, didn't happen. Josh Reynolds didn't happen. T.Y. Hilton didn't happen. I just don't believe the Chiefs are, are then like, yeah, we're not interested in fishing. I think they're very interested in fishing. I'm pretty sure they would have kicked the tires on Julio. Word is on this that there's all kinds of cash things I don't quite understand about escrow and money was the part of it and maybe not the picks. So you have to wonder if the money was there in some way that like it's not about salary cap. It's about money on hand. It's why the Raiders, I'm pretty sure from what I understand, had to trade Khalil Mack back when they did versus sign him to a long term deal. Anyway, the Chiefs have a lot of big money, big money coming up. They've got to have some money in escrow or something I don't understand, and that was in the way. So Brett Veach maybe wasn't able to be as aggressive as he wanted to here. However, is there anyone else out there, that, like trade, free agency, anything, that equals the sort of fishing target that we've seen the Chiefs chase so far? After, Like, is there another post Julio Jones availability wide receiver that that we could be talking about or is it or are we just like waiting until a team starts losing all right hear me out you trade a fifth round to the Ravens and you bring in Sammy Watkins I hear he has a lot of potential uh no <laughs> I, 
I think that if you're Kansas City at this point, you probably are playing the waiting game. I don't see them being super aggressive and offering up major draft picks to try and bring in an impact wide receiver too. It's just not necessary when you're already the favorite in the AFC. I get it. You want to get better, but they did get better on the offensive line. That right there is major progress. I I would say you're probably going to start waiting until teams are losing. I I know we talked about it before with like the New York Giants. If for some reason they start losing and want to get rid of guys, would like Sterling Shepard, would he be, you know, open for trade? Would a guy on the Jets or maybe the Panthers, all of a sudden the Panthers, I don't think they're going to be good, but maybe their offense takes a step back with Sam Darnold and they're like, all right, maybe we get uh, rid of one of our wide receivers. Like, it's all possible, and that's what I think the most likely scenario is. I don't see them being super aggressive until teams start doing a fire sale. Hmm. Uh, let me ask you this. The Tennessee Titans were the team who faced the Chiefs in the AFC title game just two years ago during the title run, um, right? And then, you know, last year, Ryan Tannehill had an even better season, statistically speaking. And, you know, certainly Derrick Henry is, is a, you know, I mean, he was like kind of a dark horse MVP candidate. He's, he's the best running back in football. Uh, uh, what very do you think debatable about? there. Is that not true? Very not true because he can't catch a football. So therefore half of his value is taken away, but that's a story look, for another time. Look, come on. If don't want to ask. If you want to ask running backs to do dainty things like catch the ball instead of just run the football. Sterling, this is football. You run it. That's what you're supposed to do. All right. I'm yeah. kidding. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Okay. You know, they've got the power rushing attack. They do what they do. Tennessee's good. Does this make them a great team? Like, does this, does this move the needle really at, at all? If you're looking from the top of the AFC down, are you worried about the Titans running up the hill? No. And that's the majority of this because your defense is still atrocious. Offense wasn't necessarily the problem. I think the biggest issue for them, even offensively, is going to be they run too much. And that may sound crazy because they have Derrick Henry and that's what they try to build around. But Ryan Tannehill has been so freaking good. And no one really talks about this, but if you want to get down to the nitty gritty, they are much better EPA. If you want to get into the advanced numbers, they are much better when they throw the football than when they run the ball. But because of stigma, the old school mentality of, well, you got to have a good run game. You have Derrick Henry, just give him the ball. He wasn't extremely effective for half the games last year. When you have a great passing attack, which is the way the NFL is going, which has been proven time and time again to be the more effective method of of scoring, and now you add Julio Jones, so if they pass the ball more, then sure, I think they become better, but I still see them being bogged down by the mentality of, we have to give the ball to Derrick Henry, and I think that actually may come back to bite them. What do you think? Hmm. Well, I, I mean, yeah, it could be. You know, it's hard to tell. I, I think they're going to be much tougher to defend. You can't stack the box now. You just can't. Uh, you know, so any mistakes made, any any lack of, of pre-snap adjustments on the part of the defense based on what they're seeing. I mean, Jones is going to make you pay. Brown's going to make you pay. Um, yeah, I, I love this trade for Tennessee. 
The window is now, I think Tannehill's 32. How much tread is left on Henry's tires? You, you, you got to tell your, I mean, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm not worried. But if I'm the Titans, I make this deal because I'm looking at the AFC going, look, we just made it to the title game a year ago. We're, we're good enough to win the division again this year. You never know when you're going to get lucky. You never know how injuries are going to play out in a given year. Let's go get our guy. Let's put the pedal down all the way and see how far they, we can go. You know, he, Julio's not a sure thing. He's older himself. He's coming off an injury. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it comes all together for the Titans, but it's worth a try. And if I'm a Tennessee fan, I'm I'm happy. No, I, I am with you. And offensively they're they're set. Just defensively, they yeah. were very, very poor last year. And they still kind of had a reputation early on because they were pretty good defensively in in years previous. And so everyone kept saying, Oh, Tennessee, they're good defensively. But when you broke it down, especially their secondary was just abysmal. I mean, burnt toast. So unless they shore up, especially the secondary, they could score, but they're going to give up more points. And that's what I think is going to be the ultimate factor. They they have a chance to be a very dangerous team. They can put up points, but until they stop a team, they, they remind me of almost, because they don't have Mahomes, so not to the same extent, but almost, what year was it, the 2018 Chiefs? The one that, the D Ford Chiefs? where they were phenomenal offensively, but defensively they really sure. struggled. That has a similar feel to me. Yeah, could be, could be. I, if I remember right, they signed Bud Dupree in free agency. That's interesting to me, if he's looking good off of injury. And they've drafted a few young guys who also have some uh, some injury and then upside. Harold Landry, I think a couple years ago. Jeffrey Simmons, a couple years ago. Rashawn Evans, I think that's like 2017-18. So they've invested heavily up front at Bud Dupree. If those young guys click, if Dupree's back, they've got a pass rush. I, yeah, but um, we'll see. They'll contend. The Colts are going to give them a run for their money. Certainly the Jags have a learning curve. And the Texans oh. may be the worst NFL team on paper in a, in a decade. Is there, oh. is there a worst team you could think of in a decade? The 0-16 Browns, maybe the 0-16 Detroit Lions, but even they had like Matt Stafford, right? So yeah, I mean, if Watson isn't playing, which well, yeah, I don't know how he big, is, that's the big. Obviously, if Watson plays, they won't be the worst team. They'll probably win four games again. But if Watson doesn't play, my goodness, that is abysmal. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be miserable. Which, which you know, hey, if you're a contender in the AFC South. You're kind of enjoying yourself right now. I mean, that's you got four wins on the books there, probably. Anyway, uh, we'll be right back after a quick break with a look at Rashad Breeland, some other Chiefs thoughts, and maybe some more songs from my childhood. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We want to get into some uh, some other news this week. We thought that maybe you know, look at a middle school dance. I'm looking at you across the floor and I'm thinking, I hope she wants to dance. And she's looking at me across the floor and she's thinking, I hope you want to dance. And I'm looking at my friends. I'm trying to be too cool. And then suddenly the Minnesota Vikings walk over and ask her to dance. That's exactly what happened earlier this week when Bashad Breeland signed a one year, $4 million contract 
What do you make of this, Sterling? I am upset. I am not happy. I feel like, one, this is way less than what Bashad Breland should have gotten. And two, if this is all he got, why the heck didn't the Chiefs make an offer here? Like one year with up to $4 million seems like an absolute steal for a guy who was, I probably rank in the 30 to 40 cornerback range, like very back in CB1, but very top in CB2. When you have a very young cornerback core in Kansas City, having a veteran presence to me makes a lot of sense. I know the Chiefs cornerbacks, that, that room has a ton of upside. They also have a very low floor. Breland obviously pushes everyone back one slot. I, You know, that just, they like Legereus Sneed in the slot. That's what they've said. They want to try and keep him there, which means is Rashad Fenton going to be on the outside? Is DeAndre Baker off of injury going to be on the outside? You know, Traverius Ward has one spot locked down, but yeah, for $4 million to get a starting cornerback seems ridiculous, right? Like, am I, am I missing something here? But it's just, I, I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, I feel the same way. And you're not even, it's not even just like, like one year, four million is nothing. It, 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 it's uh, it's it's such a no commitment offer. Uh, I mean, if it doesn't go well, you're done. You're done after a year, and you've got the youth to make up for it. What's the what's the loss here? It's not just four million either. It's like it's a guy who already knows your system, a guy who wants to play here, a guy whose teammates are fighting for him to be here, right? Like Tyron Matthew made no secret yeah. of wanting his boy Breezy back in the fold. Uh. Yeah, and, and how much better is he going to be with another year and trying to prove it yet again? I, yeah, I, I, I'm I looking at this floor. I don't want to be concerned because the potential's there and the ceiling is there. But let's take the most sure thing in the secondary or um, among cornerbacks, luxurious need. If, if that's the most certain thing you have, Sterling, like, like does it – it just seems a little – a little – irresponsible or maybe we should just say risky to even say we can count on luxurious Sneed in his second year to be a lockdown starter right like like doesn't even that seem a little bit of a stretch because just because he was a rookie last year yeah if you want to use and i think Traverius ward is also i'm very comfortable with Traverius. he's probably the most guy i'm comfortable with because he has proven it time and time again on the outside sure he doesn't make okay. the splashy plays but he's tends to make the consistent plays. He's a good tackler. I know he had uh, some struggles second half of last year. I think he bounces back. I truly believe that. And, and Legarius, uh, I like him in the slot because I like him being a playmaker. I don't want him on the outside. I want him being able to jump routes. I like him being aggressive. Uh, the Chiefs want to keep him as a slot guy, which again means Rashad Fenton, or you're going to go with a guy who has even more question marks than a sixth rounder in Rashad Fenton. I'm just, yeah, I, I, I was just honestly shocked because I said, even if Bashad wanted like two years, 15 million, I, I would have for sure done that. And then you find out one year four. And again, I, it's tough because they've obviously gone to back-to-back Super Bowls. They know more than us. I understand that. I'm not going to sit here and say, I would do better than Brett Veach. I obviously would not. But I do think it's fair to sometimes question because not every guy gets every single move right. And this one just seems like a huge swing and a miss. 
Mm. Yeah, you know, I'm glad that you said that. It, it's really, it's really, two things are true here. One, you can't. It, you know, we heard this earlier in the week, and I wrote about this on the site. Steve Spagnolo in his press conference two days ago, he said, "We have to find out if the kids can play at corner." He said that, and that's exactly what's like. There were two choices to make here: you either bring back Breland and gain security and a known commodity and move forward feeling a little bit better about the stock you have there, or you save a little bit of money, you create a little bit of breathing room, and you let kids blossom, hoping they're even better than the known quantity that you had before. And Spags ended up saying basically that's what they like. we're going to choose. Matt, very quickly, but like letting the kids play is something you do when you're a four and twelve rebuilding team. That's not you don't say let the kids play when you're coming off of back to back Super Bowl appearances. Like just to me, that's a rebuilding phrase. That's not a, a, a oh we're super confident in our group type of phrase. And if you want to break it down and make it even more depressing, basically it was Mike Hughes and you got a seventh rounder and they got Bashad Breland and a sixth rounder, and the Chiefs saved $2 million in cap space. <laughs> I know that's not the actual. It's, it wasn't a trade. I get that. But if you want to make it even seem more depressing, that's a very – Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it sure is a way to look at it. <laughs> no, you're I mean, you're right. You're right that, that those moves aren't um, – anyone who wants to separate those out, the reality is the moves came pretty close together and involving the same team and – yeah, you know, everyone in Kansas City would pick Minnesota's side of that deal. Um, you know, but, you know, whether we think it's a rebuilding phrase or not, that is what Spags said. That That is what Spags chose, and that's what Spags chose probably after a lot of consultation with both Andy Reid and his defensive staff. So here's what I think. I think this tells us that they're bullish on somebody. I don't think... Mike Hughes hasn't been around long enough to be bullish on. Maybe Legereus Sneed. They just know they've got the lockdown guy. Maybe they know Charverius Ward in a contract year is going to be best behavior. My bet is DeAndre Baker. My bet is, and here's what we forget. Like, I, I, and I'll, uh, Sterling, I want to. I just want to. I just want to talk about this for a minute because a lot of people are linking Hughes and Baker together, saying, "Oh yeah, we got a couple former." first round picks who maybe one of them will work out. And I want to, I want to differentiate that real quick because Baker was the first pick, the first corner off the board as recently as 2019, still very young. He started 50. He was a day one starter for the New York giants during his rookie year and then had all kinds of drama and legal cloud issues his second year. And the chiefs were slow to onboard him. But he looked good in week 17 and then went down with a broken fever. So last year's lost. But what I think has also been lost somehow in the narrative is he was a day one starter in a top shelf corner coming into the NFL. And I think he's going to be well cut. Like we've added a first round pick who was worthy of being a first round pick in the secondary. That The health concerns are there. The company he keeps is a concern. But, man, if you're going to be bullish on somebody, it seems like the Chiefs like what they have in Baker. Yeah, I think that's the guy, too. Mike Hughes, I mean, he basically got 
released to an extent by a Vikings secondary who is trying to rebuild that team. They need some some young studs. They obviously didn't think that he was the guy. I'm not super bullish on Mike Hughes, not to say he can't turn it around and become a very valuable piece. I just wouldn't put my chips in that in that corner. I would put it on DeAndre Baker as well. You're right. If he, Honestly, if he didn't have those legal issues, which looks like he didn't really do anything wrong, it looked like it was a lot of weird stuff going on there. I don't want to get into that. What I do want to get into is saying if that didn't happen, he would still be on the Giants and he would still be a starter. So that's where I'm at. I, I think you do have to take the broken femur into account because that's a major injury. That's not a sprained ankle. I mean, we're talking yep. about a major injury, so to see how he responds, but I am with you. If he goes back to where he was, then yeah, I am 100% comfortable with DeAndre Baker. That injury, though, is a big if. Knowing that you could have had Bashad Breeland for a couple more million dollars on a one-year deal, the fact that the Chiefs didn't take it, does that make you feel more comfortable or better about Baker's like ability to return healthy and what they see in him? A hundred percent. I mean, again, we're talking about Spags who turned around a absolute miserable defense, turned it around. They become a strength at, at points of the past two seasons. So I want to give Spags all the credit. He obviously has a type. He knows what he likes. I trust him. But again, I'm not going to be blind following saying, I love every single move you do. That would be, I think, irresponsible on my part of saying, yeah, anything you do, I'm going to love. No, I, I still want to you know, break it down, see the opportunity, see what could have been. And this, again, just seems like obviously they had to know what Minnesota offered. You know, I, I, I couldn't imagine Breland not being like, hey, come on, I got one year four. Will you give me one year for five? Or will you give me one year four? You know, right. I. I just can't see the Chiefs being like, oh, well, that's we would have paid that. Like, They obviously just didn't want or value Breland the way we do, and it's going to be a wait and see. It'll be a wait and see. Well, look, honestly, we're all six months away from being surprised that Bo Peep Keys <laughs> is the actual keys to the season. We're going to win a Super Bowl, and instead of saying like repeat and three-peat, we're just going to be saying Bo Pete. Bo Pete Keys or the All Black I'm saying Keys? Is, uh, oh, gosh. Bo Pete Keys. Okay. Hey, let's bring it back around. So what is a song that you remember from your childhood that you should have never known the lyrics to oh. when you were that age? Uh, one, Without Me by Eminem. <laughs> uh, two... Basically, any song by Kiss. I listen to way too much Kiss, like Two Timer by Kiss, <laughs> like Room Service, like Baby, I Could Use a Meal, Room Service, You Could Do What You Feel. Like, no, <laughs> like Lick It Up by Kiss. Are you serious? Yeah, that's a don't, yeah. don't be a, basically, it's like be good to yourself, lick it up. Like, oh my gosh, what was I? Yeah, that's probably not the best thing to sing when you're an eight year old, but. Blaring it on a yeah. boombox around school. I can't see that. I can't see teachers being like, that's, yeah, turn that one up. What about you? Uh, well, I grew up a youth group kid. So I had to burn my CDs a couple times in my, in my adolescent life. But uh, I was way into like Belle Biv DeVoe and like, uh, 
like late nineties hip hop. And, and so that included, oddly that included some public enemy lyrics, which clearly I didn't really know what was going on at the time. But, and then also like a lot of hair metal, which really were like two genres where <laughs> the, the goal is after three minutes to have the other person wearing only high heels. And that's it. <laughs> so I had all those lyrics memorized. I'm sure if I was singing those around the house, my mom would be like, you know, you need to rewind this all the way back to your room and burn all that, you know? So yeah. Anyway, that's, that, that was where I was at. Um, Dude, I listened to Bell Biv DeVoe today. What song should be played that isn't played today? Mbop by Hanson. No, I'm kidding. Um, Uprising by Muse. I, I've stuck by this. If the Chiefs need a new, you know, since Rock and Roll Part 2 by Gary Glitter is no longer an option, apparently, which, again, if you can play Michael Jackson, why can't you play Gary Glitter? I don't know. Uh, but True Uprising statement. by Muse, I feel like would be a very good fit and you can still go to the, we're going to beat the hell out of you. And it still works. So there's an idea. I think I'd go for like hot for teacher. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Uh, <laughs> if you want to drop us a review, you probably are going to give us one star. So if you, if you, you want to give us one star, please don't. If you want to give us five, go ahead. Please do that. If you want to add us on Twitter, tell us how much you love us or how much we suck. Do it. He's at Matt Connor AA. I'm at home stretch KC. Big shout out to the guy last week who was talking yellow card with us with our just random music references on here. We always appreciate that. And that was very nice. You guys. Uh, but until next week for Matt Connor, I am Sterling Holmes. This is the Airhood act podcast. We're out of here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.